Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. My name is Richard Miller and my co-host, he's doing dry January. He's doing veganuary. He's doing his own challenge called Hairy that he refuses to talk about in any detail. It's your friend of mine, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good, yeah. Um, that, that challenge that I... I so I, I can't even tell you enough about it because I can't even pronounce what it is um that's that's just how uh, that's the one that's the one i don't i don't name it to anybody i just kind of oh i think what i did was i basically i texted at you and then i destroyed the text (laughs) it's like a sort of voldemort of challenges then it's a it is very much challenge that shall not be named yes okay well i i don't want to spend any more time talking about it then because you know um (laughs) i feel like i'm treading on some sort of sacred ground you brought it up, Rich. I did. I certainly did. <laughs> well, I didn't know how sensitive it was. You just te- you just text me. I said, "How's how's dry January going?" And you're like, "Dry January's fine. Veganuary's a bit of a pain." And January, oh, and then you did the Whoa. emoji with like a sick face, and I was like, "I don't even know what that is." There's nothing on the <laughs> internet about it. <laughs> I've got a queasy emoji. That's all I've got to go on. And you said, are you sure this is real, Luke? It sounds like you made it up for a bit on the podcast. I'm like, no, no, it is real rich. And then Abraham Lincoln came into the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, without further ado, what I'm suggesting is we move along to... Breaking hoo-hoos. Breaking hoo-hoos. So for the week... That's been uh, the the big thing. We had the the start of the January transfer window, and immediately Wednesday dived in, did a bit of business, and that was uh, selling Judge Thornley uh, out to uh, out to Blackpool. Any thoughts on that? Um, it's uh, it's probably for the best. It's probably the best for for Jordan. I'd probably say. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I I think the beginning of this season, we kind of when we were kind of going through a, a kind of moment of I think we had some moments or near the beginning of a little bit centre back uncertainty. Yeah. Um, you know, it just felt a bit sad that we'd forgotten about John Thornley, who I thought was pretty fairly solid. It's certainly, yeah. I, I was surprised when they said he'd played like 27 games or something like that for us. So yeah. All, all told, he's uh, he's racked up some appearances for for Wednesday and never really let us down in in any of those, as far as I can remember. But then the, I guess the thing for him, I'm happy for him that if he, he gets a move to Blackpool and hopefully plays every week, I imagine it's probably he's vying for a starting position there. If not, he's going to start every game, and that would be good for him. I'm I'm happy for him yeah, in that perspective. Definitely. I I thought maybe we just developed someone or someone came through who could be a bit more of a challenger for those defensive positions um yeah. i mean as it turns out we've now we've kind of turned a real corner in the center back situation and um bar david bates who we haven't seen because of injury and um just other players being very good but uh you know i has turned into this absolute incredible monster of a center back yeah and we didn't really predict julian burner would be as good as he is so he's yeah, well, that's. I think that's it, isn't it? From Thornley's point of view, one, we didn't know where where Burner was going to be, and I think at the time 
because we had the back and forth um, over whether or not we were going to add in, in in to the centre back position, we I think we assumed that that Burner was going to be a second choice. Uh, but then, yeah, I offer being a revelation <laughs> at centre back has really made things very difficult for for Thornley to to get a look in. I think because you're looking at. Burner being first choice for left-sided centre-back and Tom Lee is probably being second choice there and Iorfa being first choice for right-sided centre-back with Tom Lee's being a second there. So there's only really room in the squad maybe for one other centre-back by and large who's going to get any game time at all um, and presumably we're paying some money for Bates to be with us. So uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'm pleased for him to go out and get some games because he certainly seems like he'll be good enough to... He'll, he will be... A professional footballer um maybe not a championship level one but he's going to be he's going to be more than good enough to 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 play most of a season i would think at at league one league two level so yeah good on him and hopefully it makes sense for us the deal financially um if he turns out to be you know the next fabio cannavaro paolo maldini we've we've got we've got some sort of sale on built in uh but who knows um so then the other the other thing obviously in the, is that we had a midweek game uh new year's day we played host to hull managed by grant mccann how, how much of the game did you manage to take in <laughs> was it was it audible just the exact <laughs> lengthy sigh i gave when it was you announced that it was managed by grant mccann it's fairly um, awful is um so i i just want to do like a little bit of a kind of feelings check here rich so sometimes you know i i have opinions on things that are kind of unfounded from nothing um i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be very blunt with this rich is grant mccann a bellend oh yes i think he was he sort of fell into that category of um uh, oh dear blanked on it robbie savage you know that um if he played for your team mm. you were all for the shenanigans but by and large, yeah, he was a sort of little gutter snipe oik, wasn't he? Kind of <laughs> kicking shins and biting ankles. and He could play a little bit, though. I, I was going to say, he did have a fair degree of like creativity and kind yeah. of flair, didn't he, for uh, the likes of the third tier for Peterborough. You know, I, yes. I remember when we were going through, you know, that kind of spell prior to, you know, prior to getting promoted from League One. And coming up against Peterborough would be a you know would be a tough game, definitely. and he would be one of the kind of standout players. Oh yeah, definitely. No, so but yeah, I think he's definitely falls into that bracket of being, as you say, a bit of a knob. He uh, just seems very dislikable gentleman, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he brought his dislikable whole team to Hillsborough. And sort of by and large, it was a very similar game to the game at their place, I think, and crushingly the same sort of result. Uh, so we had, we didn't, we started without Fletcher again. We had uh, New Year and win all up top, but the, the bright spark was that Fletcher was on the bench for this game. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, and then the center, the, so the, the, the defense had a, had a reshuffle due to Palmer's injury. Uh, I also went out to right back Tom Lee's center back. Uh, Burner came back in and played left sided center back. And then Fox Morgan Fox Captain Fox Morgan kept his place at left back, um, and by and large seemed to work all right. I don't weirdly now. I offer looks less convincing as a right back than he does as a centre back. Or do you not do you share that that thought? Yeah, I mean i i, I haven't been I haven't been wowed 
with Ayolfo being a right back, considering that this is the position we pegged him for. I think a lot of Wednesday fans pegged him as basically our, should be our first choice right back. Mm. Um, you know, that strength and pace and power would really kind of lend itself very well down the wings. Um, but yeah, it hasn't really kind of manifested that way, has it? Yeah, no, it hasn't. No, not at all. <laughs> I thought. I th- well, I th- I liked him at right back last season, but he he just doesn't seem to be as good of a right back as he is as a centre back. And it's more about yeah. how good he is at centre back rather than being particularly poor at right back. I think. Um, so what did you? So we basically there was very very little happened in the first half. It was kind of it was another one of these games where we made a lot of half chances, but not a huge amount of shots for the keeper to worry about. Yeah. That's, that's very uh, true. A lot um, of hard work. I'm wondering if this is kind of resembling some of the stuff I felt that we saw under Irvin at this point. It felt kind of Irvin-esque to me. Oof. Maybe that seems very damning performed. But the, the thing I want to say is it's like it's 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 a very thunderously slow game. You yeah. Know, there was a lot of the clearly the pace that we've played with kind of even early monk has kind of evaporated and while we're kind of keeping the shape. I mean we're looking lethargic. I mean, what is it, four four games in twelve days? And yeah. pretty much not really much kind of wholesale changes amongst that kind of first team picture just a series of tweaking so i can see why they would be kind of tired but, but um, pace i suppose that's it's one of those things where there's two teams on that pitch and the other team has an interest in killing up any momentum we have do, do you know like i thought we were trying to do the right things and, and like harris in particular just ran his little feet to nubs, um, but just got nothing from it. You know, all that endeavour just counted for absolutely nothing. And and weirdly, I thought he kind of had the beating of his man in Pennington. Like, he seemed to be good a good turn quicker than him. But it, I don't know whether it's just the way Harris crosses or whether he has adapted his crossing for Fletcher. But he does a particular cross... Um, almost all of his crosses are run to the byline, chip it up with your left foot. And by chipping it with your left foot, that's really good for Fletcher, who tends to be a kind of middle of the goal guy and likes to fight, likes to kind of battle for the ball. When you've got a combination of Winall, who prefers to sort of flick, get little flicked headers at the front post, and Atty Nuyu, who stands in a position where he is very unlikely to ever score from a header, way, way, way at the back stick. Out past, mm. It's not a particularly helpful cross to keep playing to those two, because you completely miss Winall, and what tends to happen is we get those headers where it kind of smacks Nuyu in the face because he stood straight up, um, and it doesn't go anywhere. Nothing good happens from it. Uh, so I, it just, yeah, it was just sort of, frust- it, it was a frustrating game all, all told. Um, and then I thought Hutchinson had a pretty poor game altogether. And some of his long passing was really, really poor. And that led to their goal. Under no pressure whatsoever, Hutchinson passed it to uh, the left fullback. And they sort of charged up the pitch and, 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 and scored uh, from that same break. Um, but it was just, 
I don't know. It just felt like we were banging our head against the wall all game. We were never it just then never looked like scoring. I think bringing Fletcher on seemed like a mistake in retrospect because he didn't look right. He didn't have any real Im- impact in the game when he came on. It was just yeah. It was just really, really frustrating coming away from it, fe- feeling like a real missed opportunity because. Nothing special, particularly from Hull, but it made us look very predictable and easy to play against. Mm. I was wondering about basically saying it was this thunderously slow play that I, mm. I felt because I, I just felt like it was, you know, it was almost kind of like a series of chess moves every turn. You know, it, it felt like it had that mentality of like, this is <laughs> this is a real time strategy game where things should be happening in real time, but it felt turn-based, to use a very kind of geeky analogy. (laughs) It basically felt like we move the ball here, and then we do this, and then we do... It just, it didn't feel... It lacked a lot of uh, dynamic dynamism, Mm. whatever that word is. And it... Dynamism, yeah, that works. It felt very static for a lot of it, despite the fact that I think I agree with you. I think we were trying to do the right things. You know, I felt like it was basically yeah. like this another situation where Bannon tries to, you know, play this, uh, play his diags, as uh, Hutch would say, um, yeah. out to the wing. And then <coughs> we get a, you know, but then at that point, I think you've, what your analysis regarding Will and knew you, I think that's probably the problem. It just, it looks incredibly static in that final third. It seems to be a week. So, I think there's like an ex- there's um, there's an acceptance that knew you probably can't lead the line on his own. Uh, certainly at home, that's a pretty miserable t- time for everybody. Is is just knew you up top on his own. So then you need to pair him with someone, or he needs to not start. <laughs> um, and Winall maybe falls in that same category, but they don't. They never really work as a pairing, and it means that we're left short in midfield because neither of them are good enough or quick enough to help the midfield and then be a goal threat. So they end up leaving the midfielders to it. And in a game like like that one on New Year's Day, where uh, Hull had a lot of players in that central midfield area, they, they, do, they did have two wingers, but most of the time those two wingers were quite tight in. So effectively it was five players against our two, mm. more often than not. Uh, I just... I don't know. It it just didn't work, and it's really a worry, particularly with what happened today um, with Stephen Fletcher going off injured. We just don't seem to have a good second option. No, no, we we clearly don't. We're clearly just uh, we have three cards basically. They're the three remaining strikers that we shuffle, and then we either play one or play two. You know, it's it's just it's seemingly random. There's no great strategy and tactics for what we're doing up front with them. No. Well, I just don't. I I just don't know if they're good enough that any there's any strategy that works. They're all well, so. All three are so so limited. Yes, and I think that's something that's very true. Um, yeah, I don't. I feel that I still have a remote degree of faith that they are professional footballers and they they do have a limited talents. You know, as limited as they are, they do have a degree of talents, which means that they play. They can play at this level. It's just trying to get the best out of you know, um, you know, the wines that we make from these berries. We just need to pair them. <laughs> we need to pair them with the right dishes, Rich. We really need a striker uh, Somalia kind of in effect, basically, to kind of look at these kind of pairings. 
So, so look at a really terrible analogy. I, I think there are things that we can get from these players. I still believe that. Like, New You is... I, but we talk about New You, and New You at times has looked, in many different senses, has looked at the parts. You know, we, re, we remind New ourselves, the- <laughs> professional, professional football players, you know, I think really so much of the time, it is about talent, but it's also about consistency of that talent. New You is you the know, closest out of the three to being... Okay, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't have this faith that you have that they are good enough for this level. Uh, outside of forty-five minutes against Nottingham Forest, I've not seen anything from Jordan Rhodes in a in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt that leads me to believe he's good enough to play Championship football at this stage in his career. I, I, I don't. Still, think, I, I don't think, think he's a complete. I, I guess here's the thing. We, we've written him off from the situation of seeing so much of him. So that's fair. Like, uh, But the thing I don't understand is I don't understand from those games that were poor. I, you know, it's almost like you have to sit down with him and say, so Jordan, how did you feel that went today? <laughs> do you not think that happens, though? I'm it sure they're do, sitting down just, with it, him. It never going... shows any great... Um, it's this whole complete unknown that we don't see as football fans, and there must be talk and there must be analysis. I'm sure, at the very least, they're sitting down, deep, furrowed brow conversations, <laughs> open hearts conversations about what's going on. But it just looks like it never resolves, right? It looks like there's never any great difference. It was insane. We saw an absolute, just completely different Jordan Rhodes in that 45 minutes against Forest, you know. And but then it's just completely evaporated, and we've gone back to the usual, the usual foul, stinky road roadsberries. But uh, I, so. I wonder with Jordan Rhodes, and you actually made a comment at the time about a broken clock. You know, even a broken clock is right twice, <laughs> twice a day. And but, I, I, but here's but the thing: if I, you look I, at his sorry. career. Oh, sorry. But if you look at his career at Wednesday, we didn't see enough of him to know what happened at Norwich. But he didn't play for the whole of the second half of the season for Norwich. Um, but look at his Sheffield Wednesday career. What have the good bits been? He scored twice on his debut. Is that right? He did. He did indeed. Him and uh, yeah, him and three. Will both scored on their debuts, did they? I think they might well have done. Or maybe Winnell took a little while longer to score, but but looked very bright, Winnell, early doors. But then, so then you get the odd goal. You know, he scored the goal against Villa. But by and large, the performances, the actual sort of playing time has been pretty desperately bad. And then he scores three goals against Nottingham Forest. And it's just increasingly hard to go, although that bit's the bit that's, that's real roads is... It's 45 minutes against Nottingham Forest, not the other 400 minutes he's played. It's the it's the 10% is actually, that's actually Jordan Rhodes, not the 90%. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. I'm, 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 it's one of the few occasions where I really, you know, I, I like your, um, your sunny disposition on this. <laughs> I think all of the wines in the cellar are corked at this point. And... Uh, <laughs> We need to find some uh, some nouveau riche investor to uh, flog them to, so that uh, they don't know that the uh, the wine is spoiled and therefore worthless. <laughs> but, but so I just but it, but obviously I think I'm saying this from a position that basically like we all want to we all should expect more maybe. And we should expect more from these strikers because I mean, like, just it—it is—it isn't good enough. It isn't good enough. It's not a good enough standard. Have we tried Win all up front on his own? I feel like we have. Wasn't that um, 
That was uh, that was a way at Stoke, wasn't it? Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like a kind of four-three-three. That was kind of weird. Okay, because it was the first game kind of missing Fletcher, and um, oh, we started with Nibiru away at Stoke. Did we really? I feel like we've seen Winol up front, up top on his own. I think I remember thinking it was fine. It wasn't fantastic. (laughs) You know. I just wonder if he's. Because I think what oh we're all up front on his own Cardiff we're all on reach okay. yes there we go yes but I I think half the problem when we play New You is we we seem to forget that he's New You and play like he's Stephen Fletcher so we 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 just kind of fling any old ball forward and hope that he's going to be able to go and win a header and and make things happen and that's just not he's never been good at that. He'll win the odd flick on, but by and large, what you want to do with Nuiu is play it into the channels, give him an opportunity to uh, to do his Nuiu move of kind of, you know, drawing in two or three players and emerging with the ball and then playing it into all the spaces created. That's what he's really good at. He did he did one Nuiu out of Nuiu out against, uh, against Hull. What were the attying percentages of that one, Rich? Well, uh, I mean, it was a... Sometimes in a good game, you might get five, six hundred percent atty out of atty, but this was just a one off, so just a hundred percent atty. Um, but it, you know, he turned two or three players, looked up, picked out a good pass in the box, and that was Harris's chance that was that was probably should have been a goal. It was well saved down down low. It was the certainly the best chance I think we had in the whole game, and that came from atty having it in the in the channels. He's not a back to goal striker like Stephen Fletcher is it's just I don't know <laughs> it's a bit broken and then similarly with Winall and, and Reach I just don't think we knew how to play to them but today against Brighton it, it looked pretty good after Fletcher came off I, I feel like saying it I I don't know the, the one I feel I have more faith in of the three of them it's probably Winall most of the time yeah I think Winall is the most sort of functional footballer like he can still run at a pace which is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. This is. I'm not. No, is, no, I I'm completely agree being, with you. Sadly, I am not being sarcastic. This is genuinely. I don't know how you move as slowly as Atty Nuiu and Jordan Rhodes do on a football pitch. I am a fat, useless, non-athlete. I bet I could beat Nuiu in a leg race, and I don't understand why that happens, but. I'm almost certain of the fact I'd beat him in the 100 metres. Now, I'd be done. for the, That'd be me for like a week. <laughs> I'd be in traction. And he goes and plays another <laughs> sort of 95, 85 minutes of football. But still, yeah. it's ridiculous how slow he moves. For a man yeah. who has built a whole career out of being, let's remember, a professional athlete. Um, well, do you think this is also, like, this is, I think the hilarity with that is it's just a double-edged sword. I think that when... When New You is good, when everyone loves New You, he's this kind of charming lumbering giant. Yes. You know, who has this uh, this winning lethargy, like kind of round, because he can just do enough to uh, to bully a defender or to sometimes score a goal or to do something else. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, it's funny that we kind of look at that and it is a good thing. But um yeah, but when times when times are bad, we look at New You and say, What are you bringing to the table? And a lot of time he doesn't bring very much, and I'm just—it just baffles me. The guy's an—the guy's kind of an enigma, really. He is mercurial. 
mercurial. <laughs> a mercurial talent. No, all I, these, all see, these I lofty, think... brilliant, descriptive words that I don't <laughs> think some of his performance have actually been worthy of. <laughs> but I, I, don't know. I think Nui knows his limitations and plays to them. I just think the team forgets. And they play like Stephen Fletcher's still there. Or we're just not good enough. Maybe we're just not good. At, maybe that's the tale of the whole game, is we are not good enough at distributing the ball out from the back. The quality isn't there. We're not making choices. We're just, that's all we can do. Including, you know, Hutch plays one long pass that's, 60 feet in front of his man so they can't get there he plays the next one straight to the defender that's marking his mat you know th- this is players of limited ability tr- forcing their forcing something to happen that's what happened that's when mistakes happen so yeah no it, uh, i i've got more faith i think new you can play up front on his own i just think we need to remember that dropping it into his chest and his feet in dangerous areas is the way to do it rather than lumping the ball forward for him to win headers. The only other thing I want to say to you, Rich, is um, interestingly, the thing we could say from let's just do this kind of final nail in the coffin of this... I always want to say moratorium, but I don't think that's a, that's a real actual... <laughs> that's not the word I actually want, or the word... Or I feel as I've said words previously, you say to me, Luke, it means something, but not what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> this final um, kind of autopsy on the, the whole game, the yeah. lifeless, dead cadaver, that was the game against Hull on New Year's Day. Um, you know, this false... This false yeah. new dawn that we thought yes. it would be of Wednesday in 2020 with, you know, a really, really hungover performance compared to some of the... Yeah. Uh, we're really getting some mileage out of that turkey. That was a... that was uh, <laughs> We're using every little bit of the turkey for the tryptophan here, fellas. Um, the thing I want to well, say is, is it nearly worked? Yeah. Like, we, we hit the post, didn't we? And then we had, yeah. like, one cleared off the line from Harris, which... It was cleared off the line. Maybe it was kind of lacking a bit of conviction in the finish, but still, you know, we we were nearly, I I felt like we were trying to almost muscle the ball over the line. Yes. I think we're like nine tenths of a very good football team. That's what we know. Unfortunately, that that, that one, you know, that 10% that Stephen Fletcher brings just doesn't seem to be, we don't, we need to find another way to work when he's not on the pitch. He seems to be the yes. only guy that's kind of completely irreplaceable. I do think Luongo, see, you know, seeing how things worked today, having Luongo available makes a big, big difference. And if he can stay fit, that could be a huge sort of factor in how well our season goes from this point on. Because that's he's a he's a Rolls Royce footballer. Is is Massimo Luongo very <laughs> very good? <laughs> um, and yeah. I, I think he's got kind of the energy. I mean, it's amazing that he's not played for like three or four games and then he's so full of energy today. Anyway, we'll we'll get on to that. So yeah, we, we're doing the autopsy of, of, of that, uh, of the whole game. I think that, as I say, just coming away from it, the, the sort of depressing thing is that probably most teams in the division can do what Hull did in terms of just sitting off and watching us play so we we need to find solutions to these situations because the better we are when we're good the more likely a team like Hull is to come and try and do a number against us Mm. but you're right it nearly worked we had some chances it just felt like we had chances in spite of ourselves rather than because of great game planning or (laughs) or things that we were working on um 
should we leave it there and, and move on to today's game? We should. Or would you like me to... Um, so I was just saying to Rich before we scored the podcast, I decided to spend... Um, have a little bit of audio while I was trying to do some uh, stuff at work in this kind of, you know, much like Wednesday, a very unproductive period. Um, I think for most people over the Christmas period, because... You know, there's not much you can get started on. People are away who you need. All mm. that type of fun stuff. So I was listening to the the game against Bristol City, which had the full commentary from Sam Hutchinson. Nice. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so I just want to give us a little bit of an insight into the mind of Sam Hutchinson, of uh, some of the gold. Um, so regarding Bristol City, he said that Jack, went, Jack Hunt went as Eminem to their Christmas party. Um, I wasn't sure if he was being serious. Um <laughs> But there we go. Uh, Hutchinson on Bristol City. Good going forward, but can be bullied. We've watched clips and everything. <laughs> of them being bullied. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. Excellent. <laughs> That's a great treat. And uh, what else have they said? Uh, Leicester averaged 35% possession and won the league. Uh, Luke's comment is uh, Hutchinson likes to kick and rush. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting thing that they said was that uh, so he said that they haven't trained on Christmas Day for four years and we haven't conceded. So initially they were going to train on Christmas Day. So basically they had a word and they basically taught Gary Monk out of letting them train on Christmas Day. Gary Monk into into some nonsense superstition. And oh, then God. we went and shipped three goals against. Yeah. Them. <laughs> Because obviously this was prior to the Stoke game, so there was of course, yeah. Kind of, uh, backwards reflection on from Hutchinson saying, "Looks like that one didn't work." Um, all the set pieces are from the staff, which I thought okay. was interesting. Um, <laughs> this was a an interesting bit of, but he said there was a, a big bias towards captains not getting booked. Um, so then Rob O'Neill, um, <laughs> you know, suggested that Hutch should then be captain, but Hutch wasn't keen on that for some reason. I don't really know why. <laughs> Um, but I guess I, as my note says, but like a buttered piece of toast stuck to the bottom at the top of a cat, it would not cause the, you know, the cat to just swivel in midair because cats always land on their feet and toast always lands buttered side up. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so it would, in that situation, for some reason it, it wouldn't put, it wouldn't defy the laws of Hutch and Hutchinson didn't want to be captain for reasons why I don't really know. And finally, Sam Hutchinson on that, he knew you. Technically, is really good. Wait for it for his size. <laughs> well, that is a gorgeous insight. I mean, that sort of thing you can't get anywhere else, can you? He's got good feet for a big man. Oh, oh dear. Well, okay. Well, some of that's good. Some of that's kind of interesting. <laughs> We're um... <laughs> no, I do notice that we tend to. We've had this. We had this under Carlos as well. If we've got less possession, we're more likely to like it. Sort of correlates inversely with our likelihood to win. So, like the more possession we have, the more likely we are to have lost or drawn a game. Um, mm. And that that just seems to. So that I suppose that means we're quite good on the counter. But we do seem to be very effective when we have the ball. I mean, that's one of our strengths is, is sort of creating goal-scoring chances because we don't tend to have that much of the ball, but we do well when we've got it. Um, but it's just when we're handed possession, like we were against Hull, that we swither and struggle because we don't seem to have the ideas in those situations. And all of our pace is negated, I guess. That's one of the big things with Harris Blaine. Um, <clears throat> lovely. Well, thank you very much, Luke, for your uh, your efforts, um, e- even if... In this case, it was on it was on the company dime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
let's happy to move on to today's game. Very happy to move on to today's game, Rich. Yes. Great. So this was the magic of the FA Cup in action. We yes. um, so in terms of the 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 we Bullen posted um, the young man uh, Urukhaid. Or is there another way to say it? I have absolutely no idea. Ergo Hyde? Yeah. We could call him Osaze or Osaze. We don't even know how to pronounce that one, Rich. OU. We could just call him OU. OU. (laughs) OU. Oh. As we ruffle his hair. Um, (laughs) He posted him doing his... uh, his sort of um oh dear i'm trying to think what his sort of hazing sing song uh, yes which gave the game away that probably he was in the squad uh to which which bullen sort of straight straight uh batted it and sort of said oh well no we always take a young kid along <laughs> give them ice cream and <laughs> bring them on the trip down to brighton um <laughs> so uh but he started what was very surprising was that he started at right back um other than that, a fairly standard-looking defence uh, with Dawson in goal, Iolfa uh, playing right-sided centre-back, uh, Julian Berner playing left-sided centre-back, and Morgan Fox, or Captain Fox Morgan, as we like to call him on the pod, um, playing left-back. Um, and then in the midfield, we had a sort of trio of Lil Joey, Pelupesi, uh, Kieran Lee, and Massimo Luongo. And... Um, and then a, the sort of two wingers were Murphy and Reach, which meant we got a rare chance to see Reach playing left left wing. He doesn't do that very often for us, so that was a bit of a um, a rare treat for us all. <laughs> and um, we started with Fletcher up front on his own. So yeah, it gave me a lot of heart that lineup because I was I was sort of thinking we were going to do our usual and play the kind of odds and sods and effectively hand the game away before a ball had even been kicked. So quite pleasing to see, arguably, a, a pretty much a first team apart from uh, a right back. So I, I really just want to double back on this because I've, I've read it in a couple of places, I've seen it in a couple of places, and I've just done a continued series of double takes. And, you know, seemingly I'm, I've, I've kind spit of rejected takes, this takes? knowledge. Now, I wasn't drinking anything, but I would <laughs> I would absolutely just, just cover my laptop if uh, with, uh, with spitting if that had happened with whatever liquid I was drinking. Um, Kieran Lee, a holding midfielder? Um, not, to, not, uh, not to my eyes. Just well, the, well the, the, the world of uh, Flash score and who scored. And the, sorry, the, the coverage. Was the, was the coverage, the they were like, Lee's going to be in the holding midfield. You know, here's the defence. Here's Kieran Lee. I'm like, That really? would be wrong. Well, did, it wasn't what happened. <laughs> if, that, if that's what they said ahead okay. of time. Okay, okay. It wasn't. What well, happened. I would never. Yeah, I would naturally think that Pelopesi. Pelopesi was a holding midfielder then. Yeah, okay. I think Luongo played up closer to Fletcher, so that meant Kieran Lee was kind of the middle of the three. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, Pelopesi was the kind of anchor, sat in front of the the defense, playing the role that Hutch tends towards most of the time. Uh, although, obviously, as we sort of touched on last week, with a, a bit more discipline because he actually stays there um, rather than rushing around, which can have its benefits, but also can have some mm-hmm. negatives for us. In terms did you of find it was interesting there was no Bannon at all, not even on the bench? I did think it was interesting, but I think it was quite nice to give... We gave a few people a, a bit of a break. Yeah. Which is, which is nice, nice to be able to take the opportunity to do it. I mean, obviously... We've taken the game seriously. We've we've played largely first team squad players there, uh, but we have taken the opportunity to give Hutchinson and Bannon both a, a rest, which 
after the the period we we talked about, we have looked pretty leggy in some games. I think. So how much are they? You know, with uh, OU. Um, it's good for OU. I'm going to say it like that, just completely without just changing my tone completely every time I mention his name. <laughs> so really good for OU, um, but really damning for Moses Adebayo. <laughs> yes, yeah. How much of a how Do much again. of a poke in the eye? Yeah, he wasn't in the squad at all, was he? Was he not? Okay, I thought he was on the bench. I kind of get, uh, you know, sometimes in these situations, looking at the bench becomes a bit like a magic eye. You just can't really. (laughs) Is it an elephant? Is it an owl? Um, You just need to kind of stare at it long enough, really. I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, just trying to trying to pull it up. I'm, I'm looking for a second source uh, based on your your incredulity. Uh, I've got it up on who scored, but I'll just uh, double check on flash scores for you here. Yeah. So this is this is this is, this is what the this is what the um, ESPN Plus coverage that I was watching it through. They quite often put players in the wrong position. I remember them putting Fletcher on the left wing a couple of... I don't, I don't know what they base it on, to be honest. Right, okay. So it's purely just uh, just some weird gut feels. They're coming yeah, so the bench today was Harris, Hunt, Lees, Nuyu, Rhodes, Wildsmith and Winnall. Mm. So, but um, yeah, an, inter- an interesting line. And, and interesting to see... A young player given a start. We've sort of talked about how there doesn't seem to be as have been as many opportunities for that this season as as Yos um, was was very keen to give lots of opportunities to young mm. players, uh, overly keen maybe. Um, but it's been the opposite way really with with uh, Monk in charge. So so nice for for a change to see to see uh, some young well a youngster involved and another youngster on the on the bench. Only our second game under VAR, as far as I can tell. Mm, interesting. When was the first one? That Chelsea game in the FA Cup last year, where oh, we were middled out of a penalty by it, and then they got a penalty straight away afterwards. Yes, all the fun of VAR. Because did you hello Pessy's leg into the ball meant it wasn't a penalty. <laughs> Did you remember, um, did you recall from today, like some Wednesday fans did a quick VAR chance when we... I uh, did hear the VAR. When uh, when Luongo sort of put his head bravely in and uh, won a foul, there was a VAR, VAR chance. (laughs) (laughs) Very was That was very, very good. That was very good. Because in my my head, I was there thinking, the Brighton fans can't be chatting. I was like, oh, okay. I um so full disclosure I missed the first sort of twenty five minutes or so of this game because I couldn't. I missed. I missed the first thirty five. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent! Oh, joined, such... I joined the good folks of Burundi, Chad, and the Central African Republic in watching it on uh, SuperSport Five. <laughs> well, I watched on a feed of ESPN Plus. I found pretty quickly. I must be honest. And uh, so, thank you. Thank you, uh, thank you for the gro- grotty streams we enjoyed today to watch our beloved Sheffield Wednesday. Um, before we get started on the game, Rich, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> I just want to kind of give a bit of a, a serious note. Um, the FA Cup has had a one-minute delay for mental health awareness. Mm. Um, this is especially pertinent in a football match like this, as both Brighton and Wednesday fans can reflect. Why the fuck am I wasting my time and money on this? <laughs> 
you know, I mean, that really is a real uh, reflection on mental health, especially for for young for young men around the world. You know, why are we putting our faith and energy into a football team? It's very depressing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and on a serious note, what's lovely is to see all of the uh, the great places that you can bet on the match to make it feel even more important as you are uh, wallowing <laughs> wallowing your sadness and debt. Ah, uh, good stuff. I mean, it's good that we're talking more about mental health. It's it clearly is, it is fantastic. Um, it's just, it's, we're never uh, the first thing is talking about it. The second thing is probably talking about it in an apt and kind of pertinent way. And that's sometimes that second piece is very difficult for mental yes. health. It's very difficult to give it the weight it deserves. Because I think so many people still don't really understand it. I think we're still in a very much kind of cultural infancy with addressing mental health. Oh, yeah, absolutely so. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I do think one of the big contributors, you know, men are... Is football. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I, I do think problem betting is is genuinely like a sort of societal problem. And I think the fact that young men are the people that bet and get into problems with their betting and young men are the most likely to commit suicide this has become very serious now young men are most likely to die by from suicide those two are not unrelated and football although it's nice to do the one minute football does have to at some point have to have a reckoning with the the constant presence of of betting in the game it's insane if you listen Mm. to a football match on talk sport they check in with a bookie during the match. All of the adverts at halftime are, are for betting companies. And the same thing happens if you watch it on Sky Sports. You know, the, the match is sponsored by, well, the, the program is sponsored by Sky Bet. And then all of the adverts in between are telling you different ways to bet and making it look like it's a really cool, fun, easy thing to do. But people do, you know, get into mm-hmm. terrible money tr- troubles with it uh, very easily. It's so, so easy to bet now. Um, it's it's an ever present and and uh, yeah, society wide, there's going to be a, a kind of. I think we'll look back on this era as like watching people watching adverts for smoking on television and being like, I cannot believe that was allowed to happen. Like, yeah, I, I I think it's just that it's so prevalent at the moment. It can't it can't not be a problem. <laughs> anyway, um, moving, jollying ourselves along to the football match then. Um, I tuned in just in time to see I offer try and uh, nudge Mope um, off the pitch and and fail to do it and and produced a very good save out of Dawson um, and then the next bit of uh, commentary of note was at the 37th minute um, a ball kind of bounced off a defender's head and and straight into B- Button's hands and uh, the commentator said Button will be grateful for a feel of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy the uh, the commentator today, whoever it was. He, he had a bit of flair to the to, to some of the proceedings. Um, I also want to say, so I joined in the 35th minute. My stream had the comforting sounds of, and that's another poor delivery from Jacob Murphy. Oh yes, we're we're home. <laughs> we're home. <laughs> yeah, his particularly first half, his set pieces seem to be pretty. <laughs> pretty poor but you know uh, i was really worried that watching wednesday in 2020 would be just like some new kind of david lynch film but thankfully there's the uh the standard comforting of poor deliveries from jacob murphy to uh <laughs> to bring so me I, back luke you know there's um we 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 give them nary a mention on here and i think it's the sort of short shrift that they deserve um 
but you know people talk about how revolutionary um the way that Sheffield United play is but I have heard people talk about the revolution of potable um <laughs> And the revolution is underway in Brighton. And I did make a note towards the end of the first half saying, Potterball, is it just ticker-tacker with less drive? Um, it's like test cricket in football form, just <laughs> passing it aimlessly around the back till you get bored and make a mistake. Is is that is that is that Potterball? Is that what it is? I don't know. I mean, we've played him twice. Like- Played his teams twice, one his Swansea team who were mid-revolution and now this Brighton team that are mid-revolution and uh, it doesn't seem to be all it's cracked up to be from, from what we've seen. <laughs> so two comments, do you think that uh, they we, they won't fool the children of the potable revolution? <laughs> And also, if you're saying if it's, it's, uh, you know, a bit like test cricket, I think that maybe if we played over five days, then maybe Brighton might have scored. They might have done. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a a form of football suited to a longer game than a regular 90-minute spell that we've all come across. That's right. Yeah. Ideally, two legs played back-to-back is that's the sort of football that they're playing. so the the only real thing of note that happened in the the rest of the half was uh, Fletcher putting a bit of a squeeze on their one of their centre backs and rifling uh, mm. off a very very fine volley and producing a really good save from from Button the aforementioned Button um, having gratefully had a feel of the ball earlier he uh, he couldn't <laughs> wait to do it again. It's just <laughs> making him sound like a real perv. That's the Button <laughs> chap. He just wants to wants to have a little little touch on that ball. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> grotty, um, the grotty button on our grotty so, streams. <laughs> I I missed so so uh, second half we we started pretty brightly. Um, Murphy. So did you um did you actually get the the highlights package at halftime because we had that on the feed on my feed? Oh least. okay. I don't know. I think I got an advert for um quite a prolonged advert for um the African Football League, which seems very exciting. Oh, good stuff. Um, but yeah, mine had a mine had a series of adverts and then like, you know, a highlights package on the SBM Plus. Okay. And some very kind of gaudy garish American adverts, which were fun. Um I got to see the farmers insurance ad, which is um just reminds me that uh oh God, what's his chops? You know the guy who won a um the guy who won an Oscar for Whiplash? Um JK Simmons? J.K. Simmons, yeah, J.K. Simmons, who basically did that, and then I think he signed a very hearty, lengthy contract to represent an insurance company for a series of adverts. Oh. So I got to see that again, and that was quite in fun. in character. He should have, yes, yeah, it should be slap, <laughs> swearing and flinging uh, symbols at the TV. <laughs> were you rushing or were you dragging? <laughs> <laughs> Chewing oh, the chewing stuff. the scenery on on set. No, but uh, and then so we had the highlights package. So I got to see some of the stuff I missed because I okay, was uh, nice. um, sleeping. <clears throat> and um, so there was like, uh, was it uh, Bong? Bong did a looping header, which yep. was caused a bit of a shaky tip over from Dawson. Okay. Did you so? Did you see the chance where basically uh, Dawson absolutely came off his line to try and close something down? Um, about just outside outside his box, and then basically Iorfa had to clean up and tackled and just did impeccably well. Considering I, I don't really know why Dawson decided to just sprint. Uh. 
kind of 10 yards outside the box, basically. I didn't see that, but by and large, he had a good game other than that, I think. But um, I didn't see that. That that sounds like a bit of a frightening moment. Mm. And the only other Wednesday chance of note was basically, um, I think, near the early start, um, Rich did some good work to win the ball, drive down the left, pulled one across, and then basically um, Murphy fizzed one over. Yeah, you know, had difficulty kind of kicking yes. it down and clip one over. So that was really the only kind of Wednesday chance of merit alongside the okay, yeah, the the thunderous shot from Fletcher tipped over by Button, where he just got a little, uh, just got a little promise of uh, getting to feel that ball later, you know. <laughs> and I also want to give a shout out to the people at ESPN Plus alongside the adverts, which I enjoyed. Um, you know, at halftime we had some we had some really lovely wistful footage of some seagulls on the uh, oh. top of the stands. It was uh, it was quite something. Very nice. You know, I thought I was uh, you know I didn't know whether I was watching a stream of Brighton versus Sheffield Wednesday or some kind of uh, knockoff Planet Earth documentary. <laughs> BBC. It was uh, it was really something. Lovely Brighton Planet. Brighton Planet. It doesn't really work, does it? It's fine. We can leave it there. <laughs> Uh, okay well that's a nice thing to have i did yeah i didn't see the i didn't see highlights at the uh half time um so half yeah uh half time uh we we seem to react better to it they they made a change at half time mm. they took off balligan who had picked up an injury by standing near burner while he was sliding on his knees it didn't there didn't seem to be any contact at all but he got injured mm. somehow um mm. he was replaced by aaron Connolly. And uh, that, yeah, we started pretty brightly. It seemed like Murphy had had a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a confidence boost at halftime. He 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 was trying a few things, trying to make a few things happen. Um, put put in a pretty decent cross, very early doors, and then unfortunately, uh, Fletcher was it a clash of knees? I couldn't quite. They didn't really show the incident again. They were just showing him in writhing around in pain. <laughs> There was a number of bits that kind of led up to that. So I wonder if first he landed correctly, but he seemed to go fine. I think he overextended himself. Right. Just when he was trying to kind of come out from that. I think that was the big thing, you know. And yeah. I think as like a lot of people have said, you know, it's uh, the commentator said, it's the ones that look innocuous. Yes. That really are the ones you have to kind of worry about. Yeah. It didn't look good. Um, he looked very, very frustrated, which made me wonder whether it's the knee that he'd had the surgery on in the summer. Um, we just got to f- fingers crossed. It's not as bad as it looked, and hopefully we see him again fairly soon. But uh, it, it really brings to the fore the fact that the worry that we have about our our striking options outside of Stephen Fletcher. But we the decision we made today was we we put Winall on in his place and kept pretty much <coughs> the same shape. I think we saw Reach push more into the central area. Mm-hmm. Um. And and same with and Luongo, I think pushed up a little bit as well. But by and large, the, nothing really changed apart from Winnell came on and and Fletcher went off. Um, and uh, th- we continued continue to build pressure. We just looked we looked pretty dangerous all, all told. Um, there was sort of a flurry at the 60 minute mark where Reach either very cleverly intentionally turned across into a shot because he saw the keeper off of the line or. That was very good. His... That was a real yeah. great moment of ingenuity from uh, from. Richard. It looked like he saw him and 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 changed trajectory, didn't it? It, lo- it looked on purpose. Mm. Um, and that they didn't really clear that properly. For a, we had two or three little half chances off the back of that as well. Uh, and then 
all of this sort of built to the the the, the moment with the VAR chant was um, <laughs> Massimo Luongo bravely sort of putting his head among, among some pretty high boots and getting a free kick for it right on the edge of the the Brighton box. Um, we didn't, as far as we know, we didn't go have the have the VAR check, but. I'm pretty sure it was outside the box. Uh, (laughs) But we had another one of these set-piece routines, similar to... uh, Because Fletcher had a a pretty good chance from a free kick uh, in the the whole game. It was one that several people, including myself, thought had gone in uh, and uh, and were sadly had to sort of sit back, sit down and shut up as instructed by the opposing fans. Uh, (laughs) But this one worked. So I kind of... Three people, three players round the ball, um, bit of interplay between them, and then Reach fired it under the jumping wall. It took a bit of a deflection and one uh, nil. And very, very nice to see Adam Reach on the score sheet. Indeed, um, I also want to kind of. So this was the VAR chant that kind of got the, uh, yes. the free kick. It was. So I just want to kind of make sure I've tied together the right. And so hilariously, I actually wrote in my notes. Um, I've never been so disinterested in Wednesday getting an attacking free kick. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> well, because previously, do you, do you remember, I think it was about four minutes previously, I just want to just wind back quickly. After we had Fletcher's... a free quick with Fletcher with Murphy, and I really enjoyed, did you see Reach having his, you know, one of his hands on Murphy's shoulders and his other, his other fingers were on his chin in a contemplative way, you know, <laughs> having a little chat with Murphy. So basically then he sliced a free kick onto Borna's head. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I wasn't really kind of full of any great faith. And, you know, we're doing this kind of, we've done a few of them, I guess. I think Hall had a few of them, right? We had a lot of like, you know, here's, we take a free kick, we, we, you know, we knock it short, we control it type thing, and someone rifles it. Or we had, we had like a, yeah. a, degree, a variation of this. Yeah, I, I think I um, enjoyed that free kick, the prior free kick, um, quite a bit just because uh, Berner had the biggest grin on his face after it. It was just, <laughs> he just lights up, lights up my life. I just want to hang around with Julian Berner and get that big, those big cheesy grins. Mm. It, it, yeah, so yeah, re- I do remember that free kick where they sort of, again, quite clever, giving Reach the chance just to sort of blast it, and he he thoroughly mishit it to the point where it it sort of skidded off towards one of the the, the crowd of players, and uh, yeah, but Berner did his best with it, um, but. Uh, no, you know, it was a set-piece routine. It worked. I thought Reach had had a good game to that point, and it was nice to see him rewarded with a goal. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where it leaves us that Reach seems to be better when he plays on the left, but that's clearly Harris's birth to lose, and I don't think Harris has done anything like... Could we try Harris on the right? I don't know. He likes, he loves going going to the byline and chipping in with his left. It's his favourite thing to do. It's a, it's maybe it's worth a try. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Um, I did write down that. So the next thing that happened was we both teams made changes. So from our point mm. of view, it was our second change, and for their point of view, it was the the last change. Um, they brought off. Also, oh, previously they brought off Basuma, who was awful. I mean, comedically bad. Um, <laughs> And then they brought off Bong, who'd been probably their best, one of their best players. I thought Mopay looked very good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought 
Um, <laughs> I thought Shalotto looked a lot like uh, David Prutton with mm. all that hair. I thought he's come back. Yes. Well, uh, it was a bit. Uh, it was a bit Jesus' second coming, wasn't it? Really, wasn't a bit it? Jesus' second. I, I thought it was either Boyd or, or Prutton had snuck onto the pitch. Til, yeah, til George the Boyd. Oh, remember George Boyd? I do remember George Boyd. Um, but I, I did write down that Harris from the bench at one 0 up felt like a baller move to be able to pull. <laughs> you know, take off Jacob Murphy, give him a little pat on the back, and go. Uh, yeah, here's the really good winger. <laughs> Um, but after that, I mean, really, not, not much happened. I mean, I think we were probably slightly the slightly better team for the last 20 minutes or so. Um, I don't remember Brighton really having a chance. Do you? No, I mean, they, they had that period where I think they kind of ran things up and tried to, uh, you know, tried to kind of push forward. That was something. Mm. Um, but we never... I, I think the thing was, I, I wasn't particularly wowed by this Wednesday performance. But I think the thing that maybe was probably slightly subtle is the fact that we just we made Brighton look exceptionally ordinary. We really did. I think there's a degree in them from being, you know, it's it's a two party system. You know, both parties have to kind of play on this. Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot has to be said about the Brighton were under par and didn't perform, but so much of it we just limited them, and we did a lot of that damage as well. You know. Yeah, I think second half. Which what was nice was it looked like we really wanted it and mm. we asked the question of them and they had nothing really they didn't well, have another gear to go to basically yeah we looked like the team that looked like scoring basically mm. and you know we you know we got this goal which was a touch fortuitous I do want to ask as well so it's from the training ground do you think the deflection was from the training ground as well oh planned on yep 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 I I, th- I think you're right. I mean, it wasn't this wasn't like a blockbuster performance, but we, we pretty handily dealt with a team who are a comfortable Premier League team. And they made some changes from their first team, but a lot of those players have played Premier League football this year. Um, Here's the thing. I So I, I want to look at the... I tried looking at the Brighton... Um, tried looking at the, you know, the old Brighton uh, Twitter accounts. I wanted to see what is the change? Because I was looking at this and I'm like, we both look like we're, we're kind of doing variations of first team. We're taking this fairly seriously. Like, yeah. you know, for something which, you know, was kind of the atmosphere in that ground, it, it kind of felt a little bit like if you ever, um, these have this mode in, I think it was in Prohibition Soccer. I think they've probably got the same thing in FIFA, but if it's the same, you know, where you, you try and impress the scouts as an individual player yes. at the beginning and you're playing on a training ground. It, yeah. it felt like that, really, with just a little bit of canned noise and a few shots of the crowd to try and fool me with expensive CGIs that this was actually um, <laughs> a proper game that was played in a stadium with fans there because it was dead. So it, everything about it had this kind of winter kind of preseason feel to, the, to this yeah. game. You know, so actually seeing like, but I, I think it had that feel, but still like level of exertion and like some of the players that were on the pitch, it seemed fairly prominent for one of those. Definitely. You know, I mean, it was, it was, that they didn't, I, I was surprised they didn't like shove. I think at one point Shane Duffy was sort of asking the bench whether they wanted him to go up top. And I was surprised that they didn't do anything like that to just try and break, you know, change the rhythm of things at all. But uh, who knows? But I, I'd like to, I'd maybe like to see, well, it's weird. It's a midfield without, <laughs> without Bannon or Hutchinson, but 
I wouldn't mind seeing that midfield tried again. I, I, I think so as well, and that's and that's huge. That really made me eat some, um, you know, eat my words. But one of my other things, I, I don't like it when we flood the midfield when there's no banner there. Mm. So I, I, I saw that lineup, and I didn't. I mean, it's interesting. Lee Pelopesi and Longo. That's that's a midfield trio we've never seen before. This is a new combination. Yeah. You know, this is a new. Um, this is a new fantastic Fandabidozi milkshake kind of combination. You know, that's three different powders in there, and maybe it works. Maybe it works as a flavor profile. Um, but largely, I'm not a fan of us thinking. Let's go a lot in the middle if if Bannon's not around, really. Yeah, I, I think it it seemed to work though as a good combination of, and weirdly, I, it maybe worked better after Fletcher went off. Um, but a combination of, of like Endeavour, but also you've got, you know, Kieran Lee can play. Luongo's a very tidy footballer. Um, and then when you've got somebody like Reach or Murphy dropping in, they, they are also very good. You know, they're good football players. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. It was, it, it was interesting. I, it, it, I, I'm not saying let's drop Ban and, and, and try that, but there's something to be said for having the kind of the safety blanket of Joey Pelopesi just sitting and holding and freeing up everyone else to kind of do their thing. Because mm. we, talk, we talked last episode about how Murphy is, he's a roll of the dice a, a, as a player because he doesn't do defending. He's not bothered. He doesn't care about it. Um, he's reached an age, an age and stage in his career where I doubt he's going to start picking up those duties uh, without a, 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 you know, a big sea change in his personality. So that's why it was really impressive to see uh, uh, OU um, handle them down that down that side because they they clearly first half were, were pushing down that side because they they were given the space by Murphy not tracking back. So. Mm. He really held his own. I also had a good game. Uh, there's there's some real positives to take away from this, and and obviously mm. to get the win is great. And who knows what I tend towards? I would prefer a, a rubbish team that we can go and like comfortably beat five nil. Not a rubbish team, but like a lowly team, um, or the absolute other end of the scale where we play like Man City or. Man United, <laughs> you know, like I don't really want anything in between. <laughs> Um, so Everton it is exactly this well like Brighton Brighton are Everton aren't they essentially pretty much yeah could be could be Rotterdam or anywhere Liverpool or Rome because <laughs> <laughs> Albion is anywhere um do we want to do player ratings or do we th- think neither of us saw enough of the game to, to, I think to neither of us saw anything away maybe we just do a few kind of comments um I thought it was funny with Murphy that the commentator said when he went off, had a decent game, bar his deliveries, which had been poor. So my thoughts to that is, so you mean a bad game then? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I like, I don't know what I really saw from Murphy again. It's one of those, it's one of those uh, poor performances from, from Murphy. Um, the thing I was going to say was, I, I feel like so much of this I was kind of watching with a kind of half-hearted resignation. You know, I, I, the the thing that kind of it it it's uh, it is a little upsetting that this is the win that we recorded in a competition that we don't really care about. Yeah. And you know, I wanted this. I wanted just one of these games. Just one of these games. Like the last three would have been a victory. Like it was so depressing to lose against Hull again. Hull City. You know. Yeah, and yeah. this was so. I'm glad that we've we record. You know, I'm glad that we've won. I'd rather we won than lost. 
but it doesn't feel like there's any great payoff from this. I'm really hoping that the payoff is is that we've won a game and then we kick on and we give some confidence. And we've definitely seen the, the FA Cup game take us the other way. Yes, yes. We've had things derailed by an FA Cup game, so it would be nice if this has the opposite effect. I do think we've maybe found, I think in the absence of Fletcher giving Winall a try, but, but but playing in a slightly different style gives us a, gives us a way to win, which I, I'm not sure we had over that, over that Christmas break. That's, I mean, that's very true. Yeah. So I do, I would take that as a positive, but I, I know what you mean. It would, I would trade this win for any of winning any of the last three. Uh, I know. Because, because it's, it's been a, a really brutal <laughs> Christmas period for us, but yeah. uh it, any any win helps, I think. And if we'd gone and got beat three four nil, that really feels like a a terrible terrible run. So we've kind of righted that bad run of form. And I think yeah, some I I take away some positives. I thought seeing I and Burner back together made it abundantly clear that is the pairing we need to play at centre back yes. as much yes. as we can. Yeah. Um, and I th- I thought in uh, in uh, in young OU. Um, Maybe a maybe a, a decent right back prospect for the time when you know we if we don't trust Adebayo we don't and and we don't know how how long Palmer will be away for he looked like he'll do a job and and potentially looks a bit of a player um a couple of times he sort of fairly comfortably pushed past his man and and picked out a pass it was it was nice to see for a guy that's not played any senior football before he looked very comfortable playing against the Premier League opposition. So that the nice things some nice things to come from it. Um do you know when the last time we beat a Premier League team in the FA Cup was? I do not know, Rich, tell me. It was nineteen ninety three when we beat the pigs at Wembley two one. Oh. That is crazy. That really is crazy. Yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> so, the, but the only thing I was going to say with, with half-hearted resignation of watching this game, another thing I was comment I was going to make was if we didn't look like scoring, the one thing I thought that would be good was the fact that we've made this team so look ordinary and we've kept a clean sheet, which is <coughs> yeah, especially coming off the back of um, what we've conceded six games in the last six goals in the last three games mm. prior to this. So that's that's huge to stop the rot is pretty fantastic with a new back five basically. Because um, we've got OU, we've got OU. <laughs> no, that I think that is really impressive. Um, so yeah, some positives to come away. It's all context, isn't it? So if we go and if this means that we win the next couple of games, the Christmas period feels like a blip that we've put behind us. If if we go back to the drudgery of the last few games, then this was the positive blip in a in a mire. So we don't. You, I think in in hindsight, we'll know how positive this was but but um i'm you know i'm feeling pretty rosy about it and who knows what the what the draw will hold for us uh, as you say it will almost definitely be everton or somebody like that that uh, a premier league team that can handily beat us but um excites nobody and doesn't attract any interest from the wider media <laughs> so the game mm-hmm. becomes very hard to follow mm-hmm. <laughs> um so putting the putting the this week's game to bed uh I'm gonna try this. Uh, it might not work, but we'll give it a we'll give it a roll. It's gonna need to be much louder than that. Isn't it? We thought we'd take the opportunity to name our team of the decade. Um, have you have you put yours together? I have indeed. I have indeed. Yes. yes. Excellent. Um, um, do you want to go? 
sort of player back and forth, or do you want to just read out your whole team? Let's do player back and forth. Let's do positions. So I guess we're going for a four four two, or we'll try and squeeze a four four two. I've done four four two. It is a bit of a the classic yeah. um, Wednesday mired, not very forward thinking mentality <laughs> of formation. So why not? <laughs> and it seems to work for us um, as much as four three three works as well. So maybe we go with four four two. Um, goalkeeper, I think we really have to go Kieran Westwood. Yes, wholeheartedly so, agree. Wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, a disappointing kind of end, yeah. maybe to his current state, or maybe it's his Wednesday career, maybe not. The door is always open. I mean, we also felt at one point that we wouldn't see any more of Kieran Westwood ever again, and that would be it. He would, you know, yeah. see out his contract and he'd be done. And I'm glad that we had a call. I'm glad we managed to have that period where we came back into our hearts and uh, the number yeah. one slot um, between the sticks. And despite, you know, a very, maybe the end of an era coming, as we kind of foresee, yeah. um, he's just been fantastic for us and really just absolutely testament to the mentality of, you know, a good goalkeeper wins you 15 points a season. Yeah. He definitely was that for us in numerous, numerous seasons. Definitely. I, yeah, uh, he's been fantastic. Um, it's we there's a lot of recency bias isn't there in in uh, it's hard to sort of put that out of your mind but yeah that we shouldn't let what's been a fairly poor couple of months detract from the fact that he's just been a tremendous tremendous goalkeeper for us i mean i thought kirkland was great but then somehow we managed to find someone that was even better than kirkland in in westwood and uh you know that 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 run to the the playoff final at wembley is it's the highlight of the decade, so it's natural that the goalkeeper that kind of dragged us there is um, is, is the one that makes it into the team. Uh, mm-hmm. Who have you got at right back then? It's the white cafu, Lewis Buxton. Oh, I was torn. I I think I've well, I think I've gone Jack Hunt just okay. Just by a hair. Okay, yeah, that's it's um, a close call. This because the interesting thing of looking back on this decade is we've got two big periods which are basically the kind of uh, the almost promotion under yes. the days of Carlos Carvajal, um, putting some real meat on the fire there. <laughs> and and then we've got the kind of promotion of Wednesday. Promotion we've got the, team, uh, yeah. the promotion team from League One. Exactly. You know, we've got Gary Megson. You know, they, can, uh, they can't stop you running and talking mentalities so yes yes a couple of different ethoses from two different eras so it's it's difficult to kind of manage uh that one but i i felt that lewis buxton's just been such a i did love i, I loved lewis buxton it was it's... he was a very very competent and very steady ser- servant for us in that right back berth yeah I, the other thing that i struggled with is is weighing up like quality versus impact yes Yes, as well. So there's a few of those. I'm wondering if at the end of this we can talk about some of the players who didn't make the cut as well. I, well, I think we'll have to. But yeah, yeah, I think I've made a fairly controversial pick up top, and I will. That quality versus impact thing is is um, is my explanation for it. So, but we'll, we'll, I don't want to, you know, don't want to jump too far ahead. Um, uh, do you want to do like a centre back pairing together? Or do I you think so. Do yeah, it? I'm wondering if we've gone for the same people here. Um, I've gone for Tom Lees and Glenn Leuvens. See, this is one of my. <laughs> so that was my natural pick. Tom Lees is a is a is a given. So it's definitely Tom Lees. But I think maybe Burner is wow like the best. 
I don't know. It, this is where it's tricky. Like in terms well, it's just, of quality, it's, just, Burner, it's, just it's just been so a Wednesday good. for like four months or whatever it is. <laughs> but is it so? Is it the best players or is it the? That's why it's tricky. I think. Well, because if it's the best players now, you'd be like, well, Lewis Buxton's old and he's retired, so I oh, will just have Liam. No, Parker. no, no. We'll, but... just, we'll end up naming the first eleven that we've got. Right now. <laughs> but like, no, but like, but for me, Burner is. Burner is the best player that has played left-sided centre-back for us in this 10-year period. Like, he's, his his level of quality is higher. And if I was I putting you, together... So I this think is, you really have to look at it from a... I, I, I'm having real difficulty in some positions with players who've just played for a season for us, you know? Mm. Like, I don't think you can just say someone who's had, like, a really good season and then they've disappeared or been sold or gone into hiding um that might give a spoiler to um one of the wings <laughs> definitely gives a spoiler to one of the wings for me yes. <laughs> um so i i personally think you have to look at glenn Lubens because i think he's just been he was a stalwart in the team and being a great servant a brilliant free transfer much like julian burner unbelievable unbelievable and we got a lot of mileage out of him maybe unfortunately we kind of saw you know, maybe as we're kind of saying with uh, with Kieran Westwood, maybe a you know a disappointing end. I don't think to... he ever fell off in the way that Westwood seems to have done. He got no, I think more he just... often, but he was still really yeah. good when he played. But I, I felt like it was a season too far for, for maybe. And, and Pudil was, was another one that like his clearly yeah. he got to where his legs went. And I thought I never thought Leuven's kind of had a cliff edge in that way. Mm. Well, this you know we can have differences of opinion. That's fine. Left back. So here's a difficult one. I mean, left back's been a really difficult spot for us to fill for such yeah. a long time. So much so that, I mean, you know, I guess in kind of last 10, 15 years of Wednesday history, what are you looking at, like Tommy Spur or someone like that for that kind of time frame? And and Tommy Spur was a player who was basically, he's not my choice. I'm just kind of sorry, I'm still talking. Yeah. Um, but he was kind of very much of that mentality where like he was pretty much a converted center back, right? He wasn't particularly a very strong left back. Um, well, I th- this happens with players where they go, like Ashley Cole, till the day he retired at whatever he was, like 37, people would still go, oh, you know, he started as a striker. But it's like, yeah, but he played for 13 years at top-level football as a left-back. He was never a striker. And yeah. it's like that with Tommy Spur. Yeah. He never played a game at centre-back in his whole professional career. He started as a centre-back as an academy player, but he played 12, 13 years of professional football all as a left-back. So I think... I would call him a left back because that's what he did rather than what he what he did for six months when he was 15. <laughs> so but I you have still gone... people hear people say he's not he's not a left back really he's a, he's a centre back. Okay. People still do it with Kieran Lee. Interesting. He's the best right back at the club. You sometimes hear people say. No, no, he's anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I've gone for Rita Johnson. Me too! Yay! Thank God. I thought that would be a really controversial. Because when we were talking about it, like, again, with this, I mean, but then I, I guess in terms of quality, you'd probably say the best left-back we've probably seen in a decade has been probably that first season of Daniel Pudil. Yes. But he again, was, it was again, just a very season. close. I know. It, it, yeah. Again, 
close. I think he's one that I think you probably look at and you say he's a missed out. I'm writing him down here. Yeah, but yeah, I absolutely loved Reader. He played the game so wholeheartedly. That's what you want as a fan, really. You couldn't have a team of readers because they'd all be suspended. But... (laughs) (laughs) But... Oh, yeah, just a joy. I don't know. If you had a team of readers, you'd probably win every game 10-9, wouldn't you, Rich? I guess so. (laughs) Just if it's a free kick, it's a goal, you know. Yeah. Reader one headed, you know, did a You've got to remember the readers take it. Oh, that's a problem, yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe we need a new chant where basically number eight is Barry Bannon. And then we just, you know, we just well, Chris Lines was really his um, his his dealer, wasn't Chris he? Lines. Yeah, <laughs> Lines dealer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely loved Reader. Um, so we're going through the wings, or do you want to do midfield, the <clears throat> central midfield? Um, I was thinking right, right to right doing, midfield yeah. to left. Yeah. Um, so right wing, right midfield. Um, I've gone for Ross Wallace again. Very tricky between him and Reach for me, but I think I'd actually written down when we sort of started talking about doing this feature. I'd written down Reach, but Wallace was just so good for that, particularly that first season, that that sort of road to the playoffs season. Mm. Ross Wallace was extra, and again a tremendous value for a free transfer. Um, and we've talked about. But then, how many how many years of Ross Wallace did we have? Is it three years? I think we had three. I think the third year was pretty rubbish, but the first two were great. The first two were very good. I, I kind of want to bring that in to say I do agree with you, but the, the second year was very good as well. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, in terms of sort of getting, you know, we've talked we talk a lot about too much. I think probably we should we should have a moratorium on um, talking about berries. But um, you know that. Ross Wallace was the absolute epitome of why clubs are still interested in picking up these wily old pros because he was just he still had the legs to to do what to do his job properly but he had just you know all those years of experience and little tricks and clever little free kicks and um I mean everybody loved the moment when he kind of grabbed the uh, the note that was getting mm. passed amongst the Huddersfield. You know, stuff like that, just a wind-up merchant in the best way. I mean, nobody could get annoyed at that. Even a, even Brighton fans presumably would have laughed at that little... He's not riling people up. By well, the, it was by Huddersfield the, we were playing, wasn't it? Huddersfield, that that's it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah love, love Ross Wallace. And scored some incredibly important goals for us. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so going through that midfield then, there's for me, there's just... Are we going to name the pairing like we did against Santa Back, I guess? Okay, I'm happy to do that. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, please do. I'm interested. I'm going Lee and Bannon. Oh, I've got Lee and Bannon as well. <laughs> hey! hey! Oh, Twin! Football friends. Great. <laughs> Just Kieran Lee's journey this decade has been unbelievable. Yes, very much so. Um, we I talked a little bit, like, I, I remember exchanging texts when... We had that influx of players with uh, Chancery taking over and and uh, Carvajal becoming the manager and genuinely sort of saying, I don't see where Kieran Lee fits into this. I don't see Kieran Lee getting many minutes. You know, 
uh, how wrong I was because what happened was Kieran Lee grew with the better the quality the better quality of player around him. Kieran Lee became a better quality player and ended up by and large probably being the best of all those new players. Um, yeah, some of the moments Kieran Lee has given us in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt just pure joy <laughs> those those ice cool finishes when it's 3-2 and it's the 96th minute or 2-2 and it's the 96th minute and he just slots it away like it's nothing when he just started suddenly scoring goals incredible what a great what a great character and to, for him to have come back from the injury that he suffered um and still be playing games is is outstanding as well um so that's that's my sort of special mention for Kieran Lee. Probably my my player of the decade, I think. I think that's uh, yeah. I think he's someone who's kind of yeah. He's just been so he's kind of grown and been in different positions. So in the same position, basically, um, just within this, um, you know, different sides, different Wednesday sides, and different kind yeah. of Wednesday feels. Someone that someone who was pretty standard and pretty there under Stuart Gray, then finding this, you know, almost next gear, slightly next gear under Carvajal. And yeah. someone who ever since then hasn't really been that far from our thoughts and, you know, sent him in. And someone who, when he hasn't played, we've just missed him so much, you know? Absolutely. Well, he was, let's not forget, he was almost like the forgotten man before. Because mm. we signed him, he was player of the season for... for or player Oldham. of the year for, for Oldham. Um, we signed him and then Jones would never, ever play him. I think he got one tra- chance at left back. And then, yeah, once Stuart Gray took over, he sort of tried him in midfield. <laughs> and the rest was history because, uh, well, yeah, what joy. What joy <laughs> he, he's brought to us uh, playing 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 in that central midfield berth and uh, picking up some goals along the way. And then Barry Bannon... Barry Bannon, who, lest we ever forget that when we signed him, basically everybody was like, I don't see why we need another centre midfielder. Yes. Because we, we signed him a bit, and he had this absolutely deluge, like similar to your situation of saying with, um, you know, the the fate of Lee on the Carvajal, saying, where does he fit in? So yeah. we signed this player basically saying, I don't think we really need him. And then he was just incredible right off the bat, really. And basically... I, I still think about those Bannon performances and I still think about everything he gave to the team yeah. and just just being absolutely phenomenal for Wednesday. He's been wonderful. Absolutely. And just been an absolute mainstay. You know, he's, he's always been pretty much the first name on the team sheet. And has he ever been bad? Not for me, no. Because even when he's bad, he's so far ahead of some of the... I'm just trying to think in this decade, we probably have had potter play for us we probably have had giles coke play for us i mean those guys were bad in ways that bannon cannot even fathom playing the game as badly as those guys did it's not it's just nowhere in him because (laughs) what bannon wants to do is always get on the ball always try and make things happen um he's just he's so brave and brilliant um and sometimes the stuff he does doesn't work out, but that when you're taking chances, you're going to fail sometimes. Uh, but that's just natural. That's the sort of player he is. He's, he's, he's playing at that sort of level where the more chances he takes, the more likely the team is to, to succeed. So, yeah, I, lo- I love Barry Bannon. Love him so much. <laughs> 
Um, maybe uh, probably up there with one of my absolute favorite players ever. Mm. You know, folks like Waddle, Bannon sits comfortably alongside them in my mind. Um, so moving across to the left wing, who have you got there? This was really difficult. Mm. I've gone for Adam Reach. Oof. I've gone for Antonio. First, like, first, slightly yeah. cheating because he would play different different positions. Well, I, I guess I've probably got the same thing. I I naturally think reach of a left wing because he's left footed, but, but it's it's that mentality. But not plays right, doesn't he? Plays right, yeah. And um, God, you know, actually, actually, Rich, uh, actually, I battled really hard with this one for a while. I nearly went with Forestieri. Wow. I know, and that was. I just the problem is it's it's again we talk about the length of time that someone is exceptional. Yeah. We haven't seen enough from Forestieri to do that, which is just it's kind of heartbreaking, really. It it, it really is. Yeah. Uh, so the reason I've gone for Antonio is one he kind of single-handedly dragged us up <laughs> to the championship. Um there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that wouldn't have happened without him. Um and having the season that we had under Carlos, even though he was long gone by that stage, we wouldn't have been in the position to to have those those days if if Antonio hadn't been so incredible in 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 the those last few months of that of that um, League One campaign. And then not only that, single handedly kind of keeping us up the next season himself, mm. um, because the that team were dross really bad and by and large what happened was we would just po- get the ball to Antonio and, and then the rest of the team would stand and watch and hopefully he would do something incredible and thankfully more mm-hmm. often than he would would produce something uh, every game to to mean mean that we were able to to duke it out and stay in in the league and the fact that he's gone on to such success in the in the Premier League it's a shame that he's had so many injuries I I don't doubt that he would have picked racked up a fair few England caps if it hadn't been for the injuries yeah, uh, yeah. but but that's a that was a guy that clearly was we were part of his wider journey um, and we made some decent money on him. But in the meantime, we got some real, real value out of his time at the club. And I, I loved it. I lo- I, another guy that just never went hiding, always worked his socks off. Um, you know, some weird antagonism towards him from bits of the crowd. I, I, I just never really got that. But um, yeah, I, 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 I love me some Mikel Antonio. Uh, okay, striking partnership. <sighs> You're going to be really unhappy with my controversial pick. I now. think you're going to be happy with my, my. I don't think this. I don't think there's any great options. I'm going to be honest. Um, I'll go first for partnership. Okay. I've gone for Hooper and Fletcher. No. Okay. Interesting. Um, Hooper's one of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't do this. This is this is bad. He's gone. <laughs> Connor Wickham. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Gary Medine. <laughs> oh, I, I did love Big Gaz. I did love Big Gaz. Now, Wickham in that second spell got eight goals in 11 games for us. That was unbelievable. He's barely was, at five minutes. Fucking six hell. months. That's barely that was his second loan as well. Oh, and a man who's now just unfortunately just a complete. We've been linked with him again. Have we really? Oh, He's going to come back and round out the, his time. No, I, I know it's a... Wilfred Boney. Seriously, I don't know. Oh dear, yeah, that's one we've been linked with, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Magidi. I don't <laughs> <Magidi>. get that. <laughs> I don't understand that that we've been linked with Magidi. He was terrible when we had him last time. And that was five years ago. 
generally players don't get better five years later. Anyway, anyway, Gary Gary Hooper. Sorry. Let's talk about Gary Hooper. Gary Hooper. If he'd been fit more often, it would have been transformative to seasons because when he was fit and playing for us, just couldn't stop scoring. And just such a lovely football player to watch. Mixing in. He made Carlos's teams make sense. Mixing yes. them field and the attack and without him it never quite worked we still had victories without him but that's when you just like yeah this is what it's this is what it's all meant to look like Mm. when all the key gears are in check and the cogs are whirring this is what carlos's team looks like and and he was such a big part of that hooper uh and such an assured finisher all sorts of goals and a great big bum that people couldn't get around a bit like alan shearer just uh, just an immaculate dumper did, uh, did Gary have. It was pretty great. Just yeah, yeah. Just just a wonderful, wonderful striker. Who yeah, it was just magic seeing that Carvajal side with him just linking, as he said, linking up the the midfield and the, the strike, and um, and also like chips in with a fair number of goals as well. Just he's just an incredibly classy player all around. Yeah, it was Gary Hooper for us. And it was just so disappointing that, you know, it ended as it did. Yeah, it was a real shame. Um, and then Fletcher you've gone for, which, I again, I, I've, I've loved Fletcher's time at the club. And I'm really, I've been really pleased that we got him. I'm, uh, I, 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 although I don't have any accent, I am, I do consider myself Scottish. So there are players like Ross Wallace is someone whose career I'd followed. And when he signed for Sheffield Wednesday, I was just really chuffed that he did what I would have expected him and wanted him to do. You know, these world-class goals and things like that. That's the sort of thing that I've seen. I've watched Ross Wallace do for other teams, and I'm really pleased he was able to come and do it for us. And similarly, Stephen Fletcher, um, I was uh, I saw um, Sunderland play Manchester United in the Carling Cup uh, a number of years ago at Old Trafford. Uh, and just taking the time to watch Fletcher do what he does... I was really pleased when when I heard that we'd signed him. Although he's never been a great goal getter, his all round game is is fantastic. He's so good at all the all the kind of dirty, nasty bits of being. I don't mean dirty in uh, in a fouling sense. Just the kind of the grimy, you know, getting down in the uh, in the gutter and 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 duking it out with your centre back. Stephen Fletcher is about as good at that as as anybody going, I think. And now he's added some goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've done our teams. Do you want to do honourable mentions or folks that just missed out? The two I wrote down were basically. So this is a real difficult one. I think it's around that centre mid positioning. Um, yeah, there's two characters. Um, definitely for someone who kind of captured the feel of a side and captured that that earlier era um, in the cultural sense. Three, two, one. Jose Semedo. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's just heartbreaking that I can't put him in this team, you know? Yeah. Similarly for me, yeah, he's he was the fans' representative on the pitch at a really joyous time to be a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Um, mm. And, and a, again, a guy that went on a bit of a journey because Dave Jones, one of the big ifs, ifs, ands and buts of, of the, the decade is Dave Jones kind of breaking down that promotion team as quickly as he did and one of the bits of that was sort of deciding that oh Semedo can't play 
he's not good enough on the ball for the championship. So he kind of got ostracized, but he was able to kind of build his way back to being a, a pretty valuable squad member uh, towards the end of his time with us. But I think by getting better, I don't think he was ever as bad on the ball as was made out though. Cause in, in league one, he would play passes. It wasn't just short passes. He would pick out some longer balls and he, he could play a bit. But yeah, I think that's one of those where you look back, what if we'd kept that core group together, the momentum that they had, mm. um, and not added such, you know, outlandish personalities. I, I mean, one of the one of the candidates for villain of the decade uh, would probably be uh, Bothroyd, who came in at that <laughs> time. Yes. yes. Jay Bothroyd. Um, I you know, bought, that's, that's... I was so happy when we signed him, I went out and treated myself <laughs> to a very large poutine, <laughs> a very large and rabble celebratory poutine to enjoy. You shot your gun into the here. sky. I know. Black, black, black. But then, um, unfortunately, <laughs> I probably would have bought the poutine anyway, but I just felt bad that I just I named it. You know, I decreed it because of Jay Boffroyd signing. <laughs> it was bad. It was annoying. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, who was your other honorable mention then? Sam Hutchinson. Yeah, yeah. Again, he's a guy that, that's uh, been through those yeah. eras, isn't he? Sorry, he has, yeah, yeah. And um, still someone we kind of lean on, kind of look to. Um, I don't think he's quite as fantastic as he was near the beginning, but he's had a very decent career with us at Sheffield Wednesday. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I had a couple more for honourable mentions. Uh, yep. So I think Palmer, in some ways, is a little bit unlucky to not be included somewhere because... He's, he's, again, a guy that's been with us all the way through, uh, Liam Palmer. Um, sim- similarly, sort of Atty, knew you, has, has been there or thereabouts. Um, and then uh, in terms of having an impact even for a short spell, uh, Neil Mellor was pretty spectacular for, for that, that short period of time we had him as well. Mm, um, added hat-trick from Neil Mellor. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, that's an interesting thing to do. So, I guess the interesting thing, you've mentioned Liam Palmer. Like, I, I want to stress that Liam Palmer has made... Actually, in that, that it is Liam Palmer's decade. Because, actually, he joined us... He came through the first-team pitcher yeah. in 2010-2011 in League One. Um, the next season, he had 14 appearances, scored his only goal for Sheffield Wednesday, how we remember, against MK Dons. Mm. Uh, to date, his solitary goal... Didn't play at all the next season. That's where he went on loan to Tranmere Rovers. Of course, yeah. And then, but basically, since then, he's recorded um, the best part of the league. I mean, yeah, he's recorded the best part of nearly 200 appearances for Wednesday. Yeah. Overall, 217 from 2010 to 11 to 18, 19. So, what is he's got like 230 at this point, I guess, or something like that, 235 appearances. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. So, yeah, again, one of those who you're probably disappointed to. If you look back at it, you'd probably go like, huh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 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 interesting, intriguing to do. Um, mm-hmm. We'll, uh, yeah, so on that note, I think we should probably wrap up. We've got a big game next up against Leeds United. Um, and it's a bit hard to tell what to expect from Wednesday in that regard. Mm-hmm. I, one I thing have I will absolutely s- no idea, yeah. Uh, one thing I will say is we talk a lot about how players are pushed at this time of year by the the constant games on top of each other. Um, 
when you're a game plan sort of manager like Monk, it must surely have an impact on your your what you're able to do as well. But there's mm-hmm. just simply there's only so many hours in the day. So to to watch the tape, formulate your game plan, put that across to the players, make sure they're doing all the right things that you want them to do. There's just not enough time to do what you would normally do and I, I think now having a week to prepare for that Leeds game I wouldn't be surprised if it's quite a different looking Wednesday that comes out for that that game um, so fingers crossed in that regard <laughs> indeed indeed and uh, have a good week Luke have a great week as well Rich cheerio see you bye